to full energy From bed right here cause they're my enemies Subscribe and like, rate and review Look on top of the day, couple guess too We're gonna win the trophy, we're overdue Now we do the double, make it deja vu It's a move, London ting, girl, but it's only on the wing Harry's one of our own nine and in It's only got money, but let's see the king And we got Delhi Ali that's talking We're the show side, we're the show side We're the show side, what we sing We're the show side, we're the show side Now it's a new flood the pain Yo, 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 yo it's the Shelfside Podcast, episode 97. Quabner in the building, what's going on? Happy to be here, man. Happy to be here. It's not bad when you come back off a, off a win, man. It's a, it's a good feeling. It's a good feeling. Indeed, indeed. Well, let's get into that um, win, my man. Um, free on the bounce for the first time under Conte for what seems like an eternity. Um, but this feels a little different. Um, you watch the game. What did you make of the game? Yeah, I watched the game. Um, it was... The first half felt a bit frustrating um, because it seemed like we'd been here before. I thought we were going to be in a situation where, you know, Newcastle stink out of the place and leave with a, with a, with a result. And so when we went, um, when we went 1-0 down, I was like, ah, oh, crap. But how quickly we responded was so refreshing to me. Like I haven't seen I haven't seen Tottenham respond that quickly, it felt like, for a very long time. So to get that made just changed the whole perspective on the game. It was like, oh okay. Maybe we we scored just for a hard time, going to a certain impetus. Um there were times where we let Sam Maximan like come through, cut inside, cause a little bit of trouble. He came in, it's almost like he just caused the chaos. He comes in, he runs around and you know, I think it's it's one of those guys. He's tricky, space, purpose, direct. So when he comes through, you're like, ah, oh, you know, six or seven people don't want to touch him. He's coming in the penny area. You don't want to foul him. It's like, you know, what do you do? So, um, yeah. Then when we got to half time, I was like, all right, let's get this regroup. Content have cover a few words. Either I'll put the fire in their belly, calm them down. Whatever needs to be done, he'll do that and send them back out. And he did that. And uh, we ended up running out 5-1 uh, winners. Yeah, so I think you touched on some good points there, as always, Kovna. I think the equalising goal, the timing of it was paramount. Um, you said it. Um, Newcastle have come, Newcastle themselves have come, and not a very good Newcastle side, I might add, have come to the lane on a couple of occasions. I think the last one was Joe Linton scored. They won 1-0. And prior to that, um, Mitrovic scored probably his only goal of that season, and they won 2-1. Um, <laughs> but neither Newcastle side... Were... Oh, yeah. <clears throat> yeah. And it... It had the feel of that, but we were very much in control. Although we didn't create a lot, we were very much in control in the first half, I felt. I felt also that St. Maximin, yeah, it's their only real threat. Joe Linton buzzed around a little bit. St. Maximin's a danger man. And we didn't give him too much space and time. Gave him enough intention. And I think we probably did a very good job on him um, in retrospect. But it did feel like once they had scored that oh, 
is it going to be one of those days? Although we have responded pretty well to going goals behind. We did did it against Man United, even though we didn't win that game. We were very much in control in that game. They weren't a good, very good side, although they won. But I feel now with this side a little bit different, right? And the fact we equalised straight away, instantaneously, from that point onwards, I knew we were going to run away with the game because we didn't let that issue affect us. And we were always going to be better than that side that was out there with the players that we had and the way that we're playing now. So I was quietly confident um, that we would turn it on. And it was brilliant to see we scored five goals and Kane didn't score one. Not that it's good that Kane didn't score, but it's good that we don't have to rely on him for the goals, especially in the game where there's five goals. It was also good to come back from 1-0 down, as you touched on. And I thought it was also good that we had five different goal scorers as well. <clears throat> I think... That is promising going forward. And I'm not saying I will score five goals if Kane's not in the side. That's not what I'm saying. I'm just saying it's good that we can have other goal scorers, especially fullbacks, wingbacks, um, in this system. So I think that was good. A lot was made of this of this uh, being a great example of how important it is to have wingbacks who are getting to box at the back post. This is the Conde system coming alive. I don't know how how big a point that was. I don't know, man. It's like, I guess it's hard to argue because both wingbacks scored. Um, and there was, like, I felt like Romero was up there also quite a lot. Um, so it's hard to say how much of an impact um, this tactical thing is because, yes, it proved to be massive today. And you always have these things that when Tottenham win under Conte, the thing is, oh man, this is it. This is the Conte dream being realised. And then you have another game where it's perhaps not so prevalent, right? So it's all about the sensationalism. People just like jump to that. But I thought today our wingbacks weren't actually that impressive. Like, I don't think Doherty was that actually pretty special. I think that um, I felt like Raul actually did a decent job considering he was on the left-hand side and it's not his strongest, right? I guess the athleticism is what they were hoping was going to compensate for him not being that astute on his left foot. Um, although I don't actually think... I don't really see him as that athletic, like, to be to be fair. It might be one of those situations where you just look at a black guy and you're like, oh, you know, he can do it. So just chuck him on there. He's not dynamic, that's for sure. Not at all. Not at all. But he probably could run... 10k in his sleep he's built like he could run 10k in his sleep at a decent pace but he's yeah, not yeah. dynamic he looks like he, could, he should be able to cover a lot of ground um, when you see the way he plays like yeah I, I, I get that but he didn't look too uncomfortable when we look at how he played on the left hand side uh, I don't know how much of an impact that will well, make well Doherty forward. played on the left hand side Really? Yeah, Doherty played on the left and Royal played on the right. So it was listed as oh, Royal. Oh, right. Wait, I'm trying to think now. Because yeah. I felt like... 
Oh no, Doherty did cut in on his. Uh, yeah, he did. He was cutting in all day actually, yeah. linking up with Ben Davies. Yeah. Yeah. Good point. Good point. Yeah, yeah. Now that I think about it, yeah. So it's like in your mind, you had it set that yeah, way. Yeah, yeah, because, yeah. Because I read it that way. Um, so the thing is also it's like so. Okay, let's say so. Considering that, right? Um, we weren't. We didn't seem that imbalanced because Ben Davies, I think, did a good job of controlling that side of the pitch. Um, he kept defensively. I thought we put in a good position. He got put in a good play, but I think it's his ability to allow the wing back situation to feel more balanced than he should have done. It's probably where he added most value. Um, so I thought that was good to see. But I mean, I think overall we played a good game in which we kept possession against a team who were happy to hit us on the counter. Um, you know, these are the kind of teams that we struggle to break down and Newcastle have been like decent of late right so they could have come they've got a good record at White Hart Lane like they could have come and stunk up a little bit and they didn't you know we made fairly like light work of them despite having gone down so I think overall looking at the game you have to be positive you have to be positive you need to take it because these are the games where you go into a meltdown if we lose right and the fact that we didn't you've got to you've got to take some kind of joy joy in that for sure yeah listen I'm, I'm I've got a lot of positives coming out of that game um, you touched on a few things there. I just want to highlight. Uh, I think I I do believe it is the Conte system coming through. Okay. Right? I I do believe I'm seeing signs of it. Right. You've got both fullbacks scoring today, and it's not just that both fullbacks scored today because um, Doherty. I actually felt played okay given that he was on the left-hand side. And we've seen Doherty have probably one of his worst games when everybody wanted him out of his club when Conte played him on the left-hand side. right? But Doherty is more confident now. And he's more confident because he's not being asked to play as a traditional wing-back. He isn't a traditional wing-back, as we touched on a couple of pods ago. <coughs> Excuse me. He is um, a more intelligent kind of lateral player. And that means he can pop up on the back stick and score goals. And he's done that twice now. And his goal was a really good goal and a really good read of the situation to end up in that position. Okay. And for the Royale goal, he plays a good one-two with Plazeski. Checks back and crosses for virtually a tap-in for Royale. Now... A goal and assist isn't too shabby playing on the left-hand side when you are played all your career on the right and you're right-footed. So credit where credit's due. They were a weak side in um, Newcastle, but credit where credit's due. But my point with the system is that we've always said that the fullbacks have to create the creativity or they're the overload in the system, right? That's one thing that we're seeing coming to fruition Fullbacks are scoring or fullbacks are getting really good goal-scoring opportunities and positions. Also, what we're seeing with the fullbacks is they're ending up in very strange, if you like, positions. But they're gambling. <laughs> but they're gambling because everyone's aware of the system. It creates that freedom, if you like, for creativity and movement. And if that means roles ending up in a six-yard box bypassing Son or Kane in the process of getting in there, they have the freedom to do that because the system works. Bentecourt is clever enough to sit deeper, move over to the right, 
and cover the fullback. So is Hoybier, right? Klazeski, Son did it. Son did it when Romero, this is the other thing. We've got the underlapping um, centre-halves. Now, Romero just does what he wants. Romero's so good. He just goes out there. He's where he needs to be. Right, I need to take the ball up. Right, I'm going to be an extra centre-forward for this moment in time. And then one of our players will just cover. So it's very fluid. And this is the Conte system coming through. Ben Davies, not as ambitious as Romero, but will go forward more with the ball and with play, but still able to go forward and join. He didn't do it so much today because he left Romero to it. But I think the system is coming through. We spoke about the triangles before. The pattern of plays there. Klazeski dropping deeper, picking it up and going forward and joining up with Son and Kane. I think we're seeing good signs of it. It was very evident for me today. You know, I think if being someone who's in the stadium, like watching it from, from that point of view, it's a good, look, it's very encouraging. It's been very encouraging that you, you can see the fruits of Conte's labour coming to front fruition. Do you know what I think is also a big part of what we're doing? I think Bentoncourt does a massive, massive job for us in hiding the shortcomings of our wingbacks. We've discussed on this pod a lot, right, that it's frustrating when you don't have any creativity through the middle, so you have to depend on your creativity coming from out wide and wingbacks who neither of us have ever been that positive about, right? Because... They've all got shortcomings. All our wingbacks or fullback options have shortcomings in their spaces, so it's hard to get really excited about what their creative output could be. But I think Bentoncourt does a lot to hide that. And this is my, and has always been, my frustration. Because I think that your creativity should always come from the centre of the park, right? And maybe I'm a bit old school like that. Everyone knows I love a centre midfielder. But I think that when you do have that, when you do have that, what you have is you have the ability to be a little bit unpredictable in a position where you're going to be able to influence the game significantly, right? Some of the greatest wingbacks or fullbacks of all time are the ones who have been able to influence the position from that place. And you don't get people who are, like, decent and they can they can impact the game from that far. It's just really hard to do. In our lifetime, like, look, let me not speak for everyone, but for me personally, fullbacks who have been able to influence the game from I know, I know like, you're gonna say positions significantly. There there are like there are like five. There are five. Like if you look at like Trent Alexander, Arnold, you look at Roberto Carlos, you look at Philip Lahm, like these are the people who have been able to do it, right? And it's very rare. Reese James does it, like, but it's not it's not a common thing, man. Whereas when you're in the middle of the park, there's a reason why when you're in the middle of the park, these guys can do it on a regular basis. And I think Benton Cole, what he's done is he buys people time, right? He buys our fullbacks time. So when he gets the ball, they know to move into the dangerous position. So it's not about carrying the ball so much. It's being more in a position to receive the ball in dangerous places and then to make a smart decision. Like if you look at situations where you don't have anyone in the middle, you give the ball to a fullback. You expect them to run the length of the pitch with the ball. You expect them to be great ball carriers. With Benton Cold, it means that they don't have to be great ball carriers because he does that. He just needs you to get in those positions. And I think it's made a world of difference in the way we play. His ability to dictate the play, to always be an option to receive that ball and not only be able to turn and burst away from players, but also make the smart pass almost every single time. It's like, it, it's just, it's. I think it's probably been the biggest impact since the January window. He put a beautiful disguise ball into um, Son today. Son still had a lot to do, don't get me wrong. 
and he ends up hitting straight at the keeper. But he sees those passes, right? And so the wing backs can be they can bomb forward knowing that they can find themselves in those spaces without having to dribble. Imagine having to watch Real like dribble from right back, from right wing back all the way up the pitch. I mean, he's yeah. not going to make it past the first man. But with yeah. Benzema, yeah, I, I think it's a good point. I, I don't I, I, I think, think the fullbacks are designed. Neither of them are designed to attack their man. I think they're designed to run in behind and find that space and find the back posts. And Bentecourt definitely allows that. We touched on Bentecourt finding Kane for the goal against West Ham. Sonny's second goal, first goal. <clears throat> and it was his brave pass in the half spaces that allowed Kane to get on to pick up the ball and then create a chance. And he, like he said, a disguise pass to Sonny today. He really is a fine Bentecourt. He has so much <clears throat> composure, which creates time for himself. And then, like you say, creates time for his team, allows the team to come up the field and gives the team the confidence that they can move forward, right? Because they believe and trust that he's not going to lose it. And him and Romero have such a great understanding. When he came off, I saw the South American connection there with them to have a little hug and embrace and chat. And, and the reason I mention that is because both are very, very comfortable on the ball and both give us some assurance and assuredness and some calmness, right? And can move forward with the ball comfortably, do a give and go and go on the other side, right? And it's important. It's very important that we have that because we've lacked that for so long, right? And this is down the centre. So then you've got Kane up top, Bentacor in the middle, a bit of Klazeski and, of course, Romero, the other players around them feed off of that. So then the players who are not so good and traditionally who haven't been so good on the ball now have confidence that they don't have to do so much. They can give it and then get it back or give it and the pressure valve is released because they know a Romero, a Bentacor or a Kane are going to hold the ball and do something with it, switch play and we go again. So it's very important what Bentacore is doing, definitely, and definitely much needed and a great pickup. Um, I think an issue, though, as much as Doherty played well today, I think our defence is the reason we still are not 100% confident in this team. Like We know we can create chances. We know we've got a couple of world-class players and some very good players, but we still concede goals. And I think... Doherty on the left, if he has to play there for any sustained period of time, he's going to come up against somebody better than he did today. And how do we manage going forward? Um, is there a big impact, do you think, of not having a left back? And I know we've got Sessegnon and I know we've got Reguillon, but Sessegnon is injury prone and Reguillon, I'm not sure why he missed today, but maybe Conte doesn't even rate him anyway. Maybe he isn't the answer for Conte. But whilst they're not there, how do we manage? And what's the impact? It's hard, man, because Ben Davies can't play out there. Um, and, you know, I think you give yourself a whole another issue if you bring Ben Davies in. I mean, it feels like the most natural thing, right, to push him out there and then to bring maybe Sanchez into the back three. 
that feels like the most uh, natural solution. But by the same token, we're starting to get a certain level of consistency from Ben Davis. We're starting to get a certain level of uh, comfort. And to disrupt that, for me, feels really risky. Like, I don't know if that's what we should be doing. No, we shouldn't. Um, so it's it's hard, man. It's hard. And I, Regulon, I don't think that Regulon's got a a serious... Because he had a late fitness test, right, that he didn't pass, which suggests that, in actual fact, he shouldn't be out that long. Um, I don't know, man. It's like... If he's not out that long, fine. You know, it's it's doable. There's a, There should be a solution for that, and that's okay. But if not, my limited... Uh, my limited coaching experience would suggest that we do try and have um, Ben Davis. Out. Like he's shown that he's he's accomplished in moving forward, right? Ben Davis. That's what we that's what we can say is that he he's able to get forward and do a job, uh, and maybe he he can do that for a little while. But I think today we got away with it. I'm not that confident with it being um, it being the case long term. Uh... No to Ben Davies playing left wing back. No, 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 no. And here's why for me. Ben Davies struggles as a left back. Ben Davies, when you're a wing back or when you're a full back, you are exposed to a battle nine times out of ten. Right? There's going to be somebody challenging you on that side of the pitch. And Ben Davies doesn't win his battles when he's one-on-one often enough. He doesn't have the pace, right? I don't know if he has the engine to get up and down, um, frankly, as much as the other traditional fullbacks or wingbacks we have in our side now. I think, like you touched on, he's found the position, and well done to him, He's found a position. He's made it his own by virtue of being the only left-sided centre-half. But he's doing more than just occupying space in that position, right? My daughter actually said it today. She said, Ben Davis has improved. And I said, he has because the position suits him. He's not facing a one-on-one battle every time the ball is coming at our defence or coming at the left side, right? He's more of a sweeper role out there. He can overlap and usually be the spare man, the overload. He can underlap, and usually he's bypassed the forward line and there's nobody coming to challenge him because he's not anybody's man, all right? So, and he's left-sided, he's left-footed. So he looks good in his position, and it's given him the confidence to go forward. It's given him the confidence to head balls in like a centre-forward in the six-yard box, and he has to stay where he is. Like you said, Rex had a late fitness test, and hopefully, hopefully he isn't out too long. But they've both got injured. They've both been in and out of the side this season. So we do need to have cover. And I think we did get away with it today. I don't, I don't really like any of our options there. Tanganga not being fit and out for the season doesn't help. But even he's probably not the answer there. Um I think Doherty is probably the best fit there because he's, dare I say it, probably more flexible than Royale. Probably a bit more experienced as well there and probably won't be afraid to cut in, then go back out like he did on occasion today. But defensively, 
he could struggle there. But that said, most people that play out there, if they're not a wing back and they're a wide forward, they're going to be inverted and coming in on his stronger foot anyway. So that may help. Right, we've played Aurier there to, to silence Salah in the game that we won 4-1 that you keep on referring to on occasions against Liverpool at Wembley. So it can work. It can work, man. It can work. It's just a bit... Not ideal. Yeah, I mean, it, yeah, it's just not ideal. And it, it just massively hampers like what I th- how far I think we can go um, with that setup. But having said that, look, we're thinking about how how things can 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 develop and grow, right? And when you think about those things and how we're running in towards the end, like we're in the running now, right? We're in the we're in the home straight. When you're thinking about the impact that players are going to have towards the end of the season, who do you think is the most important player, not called Kane or Son, in this in this? Run? You mentioned him already. And I know we're drooling and we're just getting above ourselves, maybe. And I know you love a central midfielder. But if Bentancur's not there, just think of a side that Bentancur doesn't, right? That leaves us with the options of Hoybier and Winks. That's it, because Skip's injured. But even if Skip's back, it's still the option of Skip plus Hoybier and Winks. And I'll tell you something. And somebody other than the Man United assist that Hoybier gave Aurier at Old Trafford, I think Hoybier and Winks' assists all come with lofted passes over the top, which is probably a low percentage pass. And when you think about the passes that Bentecor gives, most of them, 20 to 15 yards and shorter are all along the deck incisive passes passes that oh well Hoybier played a, played a beautiful ball um, last game against West Ham who did we play last? Lofted West Ham uh, and Kane no but it was yeah, Lofted Kane should have I didn't say he can't do no I mean, my point was lo- my okay. point was that Watch the type of through balls those boys play. They're not necessarily incisive. They're yeah, lofted. But those, no, no. What I'm trying to say is that ball, you can call it lofted because it came off the ground, right? But it was an incisive pass. It wasn't like a, it no, was like yeah, a long yeah, ball. Yeah, no. Don't get me wrong. Don't get me wrong. He has it in his locker on occasions. I'm talking about the consistency that of the passing and the incisive nature of the passing. That will come off. That will come off on occasion. But would you want Hoybier to do the pass he did in this, um, that Bentecourt did in that game to Kane across the line, the pass that could easily be cut out by a midfielder. Do you think Hoybier's got that incision um, in that high level that Bentecourt has it, the percentage-wise? Would you want him doing that? Do you want Winks doing that? No, he de- he de- he, de- he definitely... He de- Winks, Winks I'd probably trust more, but he's just not going to do it because I don't think he has the corners. Whereas I feel like um, Hobia has the cojones, but that hasn't got the technique. So, look, you're, there's no there's no denying there's no denying that they are neither of them are best placed to play those passes. And I hear what you're saying about Ventical being the most uh, the most uh, I guess important player in that running. Um, I think it's hard to argue with that. 
I think we've seen actually over time that even when Lloris has like blips like all goalkeepers do, it's probably easier to manage than when we have nothing in midfield. That's what I find. I feel that a Lloris blunder like rarely results in a goal, but if it does result in a goal, like you just there's enough firepower in the team to overcome it if there's a if there's creativity there. I think if you take Bentico out we struggle for ideas, and when you struggle for ideas against teams that will just come across and they'll stink out of the joint, they'll sit. remember, people are like getting excited that we've only got two more games against the top eight, right? So we've got a game against Liverpool, we've got a game against Arsenal, everyone else is outside the top eight. But what you need to remember is the people who are outside the top eight are the people who are going to sit back, our team's going to sit back and, you know, wait for our, us on their, on their counter, and we'll, we'll struggle to break them down without someone like Ventacle. So, I think that's a really important shout. But I also think... That yeah, Romero is a big, a big, uh, a big guy. guy too. I think he's been. I think the thing about Romero, right? Yes, he's got great. He's great with the ball at his feet. Great passing. Um, he's got great passing. He's great, comfortable, great technique. But do you know what I like about him most? What I like about him most is that when he comes across a centre forward, he lets them know they're gonna in, they're in for a tough day. Yeah. It's not about it's not about land get a couple of touches get their confidence up let them run at you and all this nah he's not interested in that he's not letting you feel comfortable straight off the bat he's letting you know today's gonna be long for you it's long, gonna bro. be long for you if you're gonna beat me if you're gonna beat me do big things you have to do big things if you're not coming out here with your touch being an absolute point if you're not coming out here with full of confidence full of running full of ingenuity if you're not coming out here knowing that you're coming in for a battle you, it's done it's a wrap for you. I love that. I love the way he gets in early on on the front foot, shouts down at his striker, lets him know, hey, I'm about it. Me and you are going to go at this for 90 minutes. I love that. It obviously comes with the risk of uh, of yellow cards, yeah. which um, we we really we really need him to get a handle on. But but I think he's going to be so so key to the running because if you think about it now, like look. Lacazette does not want it with Romero. He doesn't. He doesn't. And that's going to be a very decisive, very decisive game. Now that it's finally right? been um, booked in by Sky Sports. That's it. Yeah. Has it been finally booked in? 9th of May, I think it is. Is it? How many games? Sec- that- second to last game, I think it is. So what I think second they've last done, game. I think they've looked at For the sure. points difference. And if we continue to both yeah. win, that is the last point in which the season it becomes um, a null factor, right? Because with a six-point um, difference and um, a three-point swing or six-point swing in this game, isn't it? Um, we could still catch them yeah. if we won that game. But if we... And this is just an assumption because I don't know why they've left it so late if it isn't this. But if we left it to the last game of the season and six points, we can't get six points back at that point. So... Yeah, 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 maybe yeah, that's why. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, you're right. Lacazette doesn't want it with him, and and that was the point I was going to touch on. Just to add to what you were saying about Romero, is I'll be incisive. I'll be on the front foot, and if for whatever reason your point is your touch is on point, like this game, and you skip round me, know that we have a a mantra around here, which is man and ball cannot pass, right? <laughs> That's what it's about. Man and ball cannot pass. Right? Oh, so the ball man. can go, but you're staying here. Yeah? That's the way it works. So that's what he's about. He's a South American 
no-nonsense centre-half who's actually very silky and clever as well. So he's got both in his locker, the front foot and, listen, don't fuck with me. I'm going to take your legs and I'm going to do it in a way that the worst I get is a yellow most of the time. But he, uh, he's just, he has been a very good addition to the back line because he understands the game and front foot and just uh, enables us to have that calm nature. Dyer gives us calm nature, but he gives us front foot calm nature and he gives us that aggression and he gives us that ability to spring forward and start attacks. Whereas Dyer's starting attacks, of starting of attacks is a long ball, which doesn't always come off. And he probably doesn't spring forward as much because he's been told to sit and keep everything tight. And he probably doesn't want anyone running behind. So Romero has great responsibility and he does it well. I'm so, so happy with those two signings. But just really, really what we're about as a Tottenham side, players that are comfortable on the ball and brave. And you know, it makes it makes me wonder like how it's gonna impact our recruitment moving forward. The fact that we were able to acquire those guys who could come in straight away and make an impact. Like that's that going to is that going to change the way we approach the summer? I think it has to, because if we don't, I think we could find ourselves in like you know, I don't wanna be part of this whole sky is falling situation and everyone worrying about whether Conte's gonna stay or if he's gonna go. But whether it's Conte or whoever it is to show that we can make signings, who can make an impact like straight off the bat and drive us forward is absolutely essential, man. It's absolutely essential. And these guys have been a great example of that. Romero's come in first season. He's shown why we parted with the amount of money we parted with. Or will part with. Or whatever. He shows how, yeah, it shows, it shows how, you know, why we wanted him so badly. Um, I think there's so many... I'm still dreaming of a centre midfield of uh, Bentoncourt, <laughs> Nombele and Skip. I'm not going to lie, I am. But I'm, I'm also very like accepting of the fact that that may not be the case. And more importantly, that we can find players now who can come in and make a difference like early. And hopefully they've seen the value of that, man. I mean, we're in a post-COVID world, so I know people are going to look at things differently and they're not going to spend as much money off the bat, etc. But it's just nice to know that it can happen because, yeah, those guys are going to be absolutely essential to our running. And if they can stay fit, we have every chance. We have every chance of, um, of catching them. It just feels weird to be in a situation where usually when it comes to the top four stuff in recent years, when we've been about it, we haven't been the guys chasing. We've been the guys trying to hold on to a lead. And then surrendering it last minute. And then we went through a stage where we were solidly finishing Champions League places and it was cool. And then we were both finishing outside Champions League spaces. So then it was like, who can finish above who? But we haven't had to chase Arsenal for a very long time. So now we're chasing them. The, the feeling is just different, man. The feeling is definitely different. I don't like it. I don't like it. But I'm up for the fight, man. I'm up for the fight. And, you know, it's gonna be, it'll be just going to be so sweet. When we just we'll see, we'll see Monday night if they're be. up for the fight, right? But I just want to go back to something you said about Paratici or the recruitment and Paratici um, and what he said. He said, we're trying to buy players that are good now and good later. And maybe there was a mispronunciation yeah, yeah. because surely they need to be good now and greater later, especially as Levy likes to make big profit on players but I think that's key because I think that statement means that we're not buying for we're buying for the future but you have to be able to play now right so we're not buying we shouldn't be buying players that can't get into the first team now but 
they're good enough to get into the first team and they're going to end up being great players because none of them are in their prime. Romero, Klaseski, Bentecourt, none of those are in their prime. Right? So by the time they come to their prime, they should be great players. But they're good enough to do what we expect them to do right now and um, achieve our objectives. And I'm looking forward to see it. I'm here for it. I really, yeah. Yeah, no, no, I, I completely agree with that. I think that there's a, there's been a lot of, a lot of angst around what happens next. Some people, like, I don't even blame them, man. It's like, it's got to the stage where it's like, you know, you kind of slightly want to just, like, write off the season and get started on something new. But at the same time, there's still a lot to play for, man. And to hear that Champions League music ring out at a stadium again would just be would just be magical, man. It would be magical. And I think that... I don't want to count any chickens before they've hatched, right? It's not really my style. But I do think that we are well in the chance of getting that top four space, despite the amount of mistakes we've made. Um, I think Arsenal, yes, they are young, and there's a coming-of-age period for all teams, right? But they know that it's not just it's not just us who are who are trying to watch them split, slip up right we've still got united in there yes they've dropped some points but you know you can't write them off with the talent in their squad you still have to look at west ham because you know you got to respect them they could spring a surprise like there's a lot going on there's a lot going on and you know people they need to look around themselves and see if they if they're really willing to to back themselves to push it all the way and we'll find out i know that we are i know that really on paper if we're playing with house money, man, it's like we are, yes, we are unequal on points, but they've got two games at hand, man. So when you look at it that way, they've they've made certain moves. You know, we can question it for sure. I think that I think they've been dodgy in many ways um, to get this two game um, buffer. They need to make it count because, as we know very well, having those two games in hand doesn't matter how many times your fellow uh, Spurs fan jumps on the mic and talks about how if you win this game and you win that game and you win that game and you end up with none, no points, um, it can evaporate really quickly. So we just need to see, man. But I think that the team is coming to form at the right time. Uh, we're playing well. Kane's not even scoring that much, but we're getting those wins. Uh, it's uh, it's big for us, man. It's big for us. Hopefully you can carry that into the, to the rest yeah, of the season. Yeah, 100%. But shout to Steven Bergwijn. Yeah, shout out to him and Lucas for getting cameo roles today. But Lucas did well, obviously got the assist. But I'm shouting Steven Bergwijn because he's now scored four goals in three games. We need to be able to carve out a role for this guy somewhere, somehow. And if that's just playing nine as a replacement for Kane, with Kane or wide, and then being a versatile forward, he needs to get minutes. He scored an amazing header, an amazing curling effort against Denmark. He scored a poacher's effort against Germany. And today he ran through. Finish, you could argue the keeper got something on it and he shouldn't have been anywhere near it. It ended up in the back of the net. Given opportunities, given the right moments, this guy could be a very good player for us. And you could see when his confidence is high, he scored four goals in three games, as I mentioned. He hit a strike, a volley, half volley, from an angle that went close, but you only do that when you're confident. Let's get him minutes. Let's keep him confident. We failed after he scored the two goals in the last two minutes against Leicester in the 96th and 97th minute. And 
dropped him after the Chelsea game. I know Kluzeski's coming and done well, but we need to find a way to get Steve Bergwijn minutes. That's what I'm going to say. I mean, it, 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 for him, it's got to be, it's more a relief role, right? He's just got to come, and, come in and take minutes as an impact sub. Like, that's that's the way it seems like he's he's most effective. Because Kluzeski has, has managed to come in and work in the system that works with Kane and Son, right? That's massive. Mm-hmm. They seem to have a Agreed. system about them, which is a really big part of it, right? And so, but with coming in late in a game and you're using your skill, you're using your pace, you're using your athleticism, you're using your, your finishing to cause problems, maybe that's for the time being, for at least for the rest of the season, I would love to see him come on every game Both at like of them. 75 minutes. Both of them. I haven't discounted Lucas. And so... I, yeah, 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 I mean, Lucas came in, caused a little bit of havoc, got, got himself an assist, and was greatly finished. So, I think that's Yeah, but I think you're right, and I think that's key, because Lucas was very unfortunate to be dropped, right, and remain dropped, and Bergwijn as well. It's the Klazeski factor of the way he combines with Son and Kane and creates that space without being electrically quick and seems to play the clever and right passes. Um... I think that is why these two find themselves as now fighting for impact sub minutes. But they need to be given a little bit more burn with those minutes and they need to make an impact, which they have done today. So hopefully it bodes well going forward because we need players to help Son and Kane if we're going to get top four. And I'm hoping I'm seeing the start of that. I really hope you're right, man. I really, really hope you're right. Well, yeah. Because, boy, it's exciting times, but we'll see. We'll see. This is the problem, man. I always try not to get too excited. But, you know, today, listen, five goals, good game, good win. Uh, played well, we're in control. You can't you can't throw your toys out of the pram when we lose against teams like this and not, like, really enjoy a 5-1. If you can't enjoy a 5-1, yeah, I don't care who you're Premier playing. League, if you bro. can't enjoy a 5-1 victory at home in the Premier League, then, honestly, just just sack of football, man. Like, people are going to be like, oh, yeah, Newcastle when I get home. Like, whatever, bro. They were, they were they were beaten into submission and they had a goal head start. Like, the boys did well today, man. They did everything that was after them. They did it with composure. They didn't lose their heads. Newcastle tried to rattle them with, like, niggly fouls. Like, what's, his, what's their centre back in? Um, yeah, but Not Burn. Not Burn. They had Shaw. <sighs> Burn, was, was burn, burn? Six foot seven, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. He's a flipping clown, bruv. He tried to go on like he wanted it Damn today, bro. He didn't want it, bruv. He didn't, didn't want, want that smoke. Didn't, didn't want that smoke. Well, listen. He didn't want it. He didn't want it, man. Joe, Lin- Joe Linton yeah. tried to go on like he wanted it. Came down to it. He didn't want it, bruv. Didn't want it. So, yeah, I'm, I enjoyed today, man. It was it was good It was good watching that game, bruv. So, I, I guess I'm going to jump the gun here and say, still your line. So, I guess a five-goal performance is a five-star performance. means a five-star rating and review, right? Oh, it only makes sense. It only makes sense, mate. It only makes sense. But, um, yeah, I mean, like, look, that's, that's, uh, that, that's, that's, that's about it for me. I think that's it for me, too. Listen, it was a five-star five star, five star um, win for sure. And um, we enjoyed that, man. We enjoyed that. And we hope you guys enjoyed it too. We appreciate you jumping in with us as per usual. You can join us on the Self Pod on Twitter. So let us know what you like, what you don't like. Give us that feedback. We enjoy interacting with all of you lot, man. So, you know, we really, really, really appreciate it. That's the fact that you come in and you listen. It's a really humbling thing for us. So we, we really appreciate it. If you do get a chance and you are listening on Spotify or on 
Apple Podcasts, do leave us a five-star review because we only give you five-star content, so you know it makes sense. Give someone a gift to the pod. Let's grow this Spurs family. Tell a friend to tell a friend, man. Tell a friend to tell a friend. But, yeah, until next time, that's it from yeah, me. Yeah, so I lied when I said it was from me. Very quickly, <coughs> excuse me, because we haven't done it for so many weeks and they're just hanging around waiting for us to say their names. So, no, it's been a while. I'm not even <laughs> going to make you guess, Kobna, because we are out of time. But I've seen some new cities, so I'm going to say Gowanda, New York, Shout to you guys. Love you guys. Thanks for chilling with us. Um, America's been going hard listening. Bang Bong, Thailand, thank you for coming to the party. We appreciate you. This one I'm going to butcher, but sorry. St. Matthew de Bellio. Yeah, Canada. Didn't get it right, but thank you for joining the party there with us. Um, We've also got, I think we've had St. Petersburg before russia okay i, mean, I think we have okay, if that. not shout to you guys and i was a bit political over then i'm not trying to get into that but you're listening so thank you um doesn't mean you'll want the war and all of that but anyway not my argument maribor shout to you guys um respect slovenia getting on in on the pod and this one i'm gonna butcher as well i think it's pronounced is you or is it is you um in france so thank you guys for rocking with us and continue to rock with us. And as Kovna said, tell a friend to tell a friend. And Boardman and Ashburn in the States, you guys have been going hard. I can see the numbers. So shout to you guys as well. Now we appreciate each and every one of you, man. So thank you very much for, for reaching out. Um, listen, we are 1-5-1. We are firmly still in the race. We're back in the top four for the first time in a very, very long time. Yeah. Uh, first time under Conte, I think. Um, so, yeah, for all of these reasons and more, smile, because the sun always shines on the shell side. Solero, my friend, please run the outro. <laughs> Side with the 